Hello friends, welcome to Ruminations on Tony's Tall Tales. I'm your host Anthony Pavlich and thank you for joining me. I want to do something special today. Um, since the last few episodes you've heard me ramble on and on and on about a variety of things, um, I wanted to start this episode off by sharing with you a story that I've been writing. Part of it I wrote for as a scene um, a long time ago and then I actually uh, reconstructed it a little bit for uh, a performance in my acting class. So I want to share it with you. It actually is a story that I've thought about uh, creating in the Star Wars universe for a very long time. And yeah, I want to share a little bit of it with you um, just because you've been so generous in spending time with me and listening to these episodes and I want to actually give you some writing. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of episodes about concepts and ideas and all this other stuff, but I haven't been able to share a lot of writing. Some of it is, you know, I think nervousness, um, trepidation. Um, I still feel like I'm a pretty novice writer, so I don't know if it's any good. <laughs> um, this one, I know it's a little bit better than probably most because uh, I had some great feedback from it. So I've been able to kind of tweak it a little bit, but um and here it goes. Um, now, this is constructed in kind of a, uh, a screenplay format, so um, I'll be reading it a little bit that it might not be the traditional way of reading it, but uh, I want to be able to get some of the essence across. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that um, will be enjoyable to you. Um, so yeah, let's give, it, let's give it a whirl. So I initially titled this Star Wars... Um, title it doesn't really have a title, but uh, essentially the working title is uh, Evolution. Exterior junkyard dusk. Cal Rumgard and Nais Farrar dash into the junkyard. Cal, let's get this thing off quickly. Cal pulls tools out of his satchel and works at the device around Nais's neck. Good riddance. The device unclass free. Cal, there, are you okay? Yeah, just woozy. Now yours. As Naisa attempts to work on Cal's device, she turns to the entrance. Get down! She pushes them to the ground. A shot rings out. The tools spill out of her hand. You're too close. Move! No, no, no! The tools! Leave them! Look, the controls were at the boat. Cal works the controls as Naisa scrambles for the tools. A howl bellows out. A biomechanical hellhound appears at the gate. Cal! It's a hellhound! No, it's firing, incoming. An explosion rocks them off their feet. Cal tumbles into the boat. Nice. Ugh. Are you okay? Yeah, I think so. Look out, behind you. Nice sees the hound closing in. Damn hunk of scrap. No, you don't. Nice's body glows in ocean blue. She leaps off her feet and grips the hound in an invisible clasp spinning her body in an arc and bringing the hound violently to the ground. The force crumples its body. Oh, your powers are back. Nice, a little... Come on. The whole bridge is blown. I can't. Yes, you can. Use your powers and jump. Nice falls to the ground. Cal, I can't make it. I'm still weak. You can jump, and you will make it. I'll catch you. You can't, not while that device is around your neck. Shouting is heard. Nice turns to the entrance. 
They're here. Go, I'll buy you some time. I'm not leaving. Cal, no, don't say it. I love you. You are not staying behind. It's okay. I'm scared too, but I'll be right behind you. Naïs straightens out her hand and uses her powers to flip the switch on the controls. The boat fires up and pushes forward. Don't leave. Please don't leave. I love you. Forever and again. Naïs pushes the boat out. Rain begins to pour. She turns to the gate and pulls the blade from behind her back. All right, you savages. You want a god to worship? I'll give you a god to pray to. Ah! She shimmers against the darkness and charges forth into the beyond. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I haven't really read that in quite some time. Uh, it actually might be a year or no, it actually might be long, you know, longer than that because it was a while before the pandemic. Um. But yeah, it's an idea that I've been playing with, um, with this character, and yeah, it it was really interesting because it's it it really started with an image, and I feel like a lot of my stories have started with images, um, and I've kind of just spun ideas and stories out of an image. Um, this particular image was just a body falling to the earth uh, way up into the sky and it was essentially this character cal who is a force sensitive and a force user and then just kind of started playing with you know thinking about his backstory you know where did he come from what what kind of history does he have and just yeah started kind of building things around that um some ideas have been kind of flushed out but not really it's still it's still very much in the air of where i want to go with it because i think also too one of the big things that i try to think about is you know what what is it that i want to tell you know in the sense of what is the theme what is the message that i want to this story to convey because i think i think a lot of times stories are more powerful and they're more they're more long lasting when there's there's it it's something rooted in some strong vision or message you know um and the message can be anything that you know the the author or the writer feels very passionate about and i think those are more long lasting but also i think it gives it uh more momentum in the sense that it's the if there's if there's clarity of purpose then there'll be clarity of story um, oh, that sounds like a, that's a good phrase. I should write that down. <laughs> if there's purpose, oh man, I completely forgot what I said. Uh, sorry, I'll go back to the recording. And when I listen to the show, I'll go back and listen to what it said. Um, but I think it's that clarity. I, I think that clarity allows you to maintain, uh, a, a it's a tether. It's a tether that you can always latch onto if you, you know, struggle, you know, through the, the story or the construction, you can't, it's like, well, why is this happening? Or I'm lost or what am I doing? You know, 
I, I found that with, especially with the Bond script is, is like, what, what am I doing with this, this scene? Like, and I try to think back of like, what is the, what is the story? Like, what am I trying to say? Um, and that usually is very helpful. Um, you know, if I'm trying to say, I want to, with this character, if I want him to reach his potential, whatever that may be, or to find his purpose, his humanity in the struggles that he's faced, then that might help me down the line when I'm stuck in a scene and, or scenes not making sense. You know, it could be, you know, what's motivating this person, you know, um, because I've noticed that too with some stuff that I've been watching is the motivations. And I, again, I think, I know I keep coming back to the Marvel MCU, but I think it's so pertinent because it really illustrates some of the things that I talk about is that the motivations of, of the characters and sometimes they don't make sense because, well, I guess one of the best examples uh, that's probably very relatable is uh, Daenerys in the final season. And in fact, I think the final couple episodes in that season where she just seemed to completely switch to the, a version of the Mad King. And it didn't make so much sense because we had been seeing her actions, which informed us of her motivations for, you know, X amount of seasons. And then she just makes this 180 where she just goes completely mad and just starts killing people. It just seemed out of character because it didn't seem in line with what we had been told or we had seen uh, for so long. And so that's what I think a lot about with characters and shows and movies and novels is the consistency of the motivations and not to say that, characters can't grow or evolve or develop, but you, you are able to, to maintain a clear, clear line of, of it's a record. It's a record. It's like, well, this makes sense that this character would do this because I've seen this character do X, X, Y, and Z before. And so I can get behind this character because I'm rooting for this person to overcome these things that they're dealing with because I see what their motivation is and I, I can re possibly relate to their motivation. Or even if you can't relate to your motivation, you can actually, you can at least respect it. So that's what I've been thinking about with this character, Cal is, you know, he was thinking about the backstory and it's, it's roughly this, this, this idea of these, these characters that are force users, but they're, they've been restricted and they aren't able to unleash not only physically their their powers, but what that has done to them emotionally and mentally. And how do they grapple with that once they leave this environment and are unshackled essentially from these restraints? Do they give in to the to the darkness? Um do they seek out vengeance? Um you know, where is his path going to take him? Is he gonna is is he gonna be a light user or is he going to be a dark a user of of, of darkness and of, of evil. Um, and you know, what's, what's going to happen to him. And I, and I think I've always been very interested with the duality of the force. I know there's been a lot of things about 
that have been written, that have been created and developed, and that, you know, even George Lucas himself had very strong opinions of light and dark. And there's been a lot of compelling thoughts and theories about, you know, the gray Jedi and the Jedi that, you know, kind of wield both light and dark energy from the force. And yeah, I, I find that very intriguing playing with that duality. And, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about with a little bit in this episode too, is dilemma. And one of the things that I've been looking at with dilemma is that this idea that a character being faced with two opposing, you know, um, options and obstacles that are almost impossible to resolve in the sense of like the damn, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, and those are very compelling because it creates conflict for your character um, and how they're going to overcome them. You know, and it goes back to the thing that I've really ascribed to is um, intention obstacle. If you if your character wants something and you put an obstacle in their way, it's it, it, it creates just drama for them to how are they going to overcome that? And then if you even go further and create a dilemma for your character, well, you know, that's all I was trying to think about with this is like, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't, you know, and, and that's, you know, rereading it. It's I want to revisit this and kind of look at through that lens again, because I haven't worked too much with a dilemma specifically until recently and look at it through that lens. OK, let's give this character two choices that are nearly impossible to overcome, but that almost screw them in one way or the other. So if they do this, then this happens. If they do that, then that happens. But there it's going to give them an obstacle either way and that's fascinating because again that's that's creating conflict it's creating drama and it's creating um stories that hopefully would be you know compelling so yeah that's kind of <laughs> kind of what i've been thinking so i hope you like that little snippet um i found it very interesting throughout the week and weeks is some days I'm not really feeling certain material. You know, I'll go back to maybe if I wrote something the, the day before, I'll go back and reread it and be like, oh, I don't didn't really like what I wrote. Um, or I'll be like, oh yeah, that sounds good. Maybe if I change this and this and this, it it might flow a little bit better. Um, some days I kind of look at it and I'm like, oh, I'm still stuck on the same part. I feel like I'm stuck on, and I might tool with some stuff and then. It it doesn't doesn't really. And I was like, ah, let me try to go look at something else. <laughs> and sometimes even looking at something else, uh, putting something away for a little bit actually is very beneficial. That I've noticed is because then when I go back to it, I'm a little bit more fresher. I've also again, it, it's kind of like sometimes you get a little tunnel vision, even like your your brain gets a little too focused and you have a hard time, you know, coming out of. You just you just kind of zoned in too much and allows you to kind of zoom out again. And so I like that, you know, I, I tend to, to like jumping around 
uh, between things that I'm working on, uh, keeps it fresh. It may not be great with, you know, focus, but again, I, I think I'm still, I'm still so new at finding a methodology for myself that just works for me, you know, my, my own process that I feel comfortable with that, um, kind of like I can rely on consistently to get me over the hump. And I think there's a lot to be said too, is like, I don't have deadlines, you know, that I'm, I'm working under self-imposed or not. Um, so I think that, that has an aspect of it too, other than my own habit of, of wanting to be, you know, consistent. Um, so again, it's just been a very interesting learning process. Um, I just hope that I can, you know, keep getting better, keep improving. And, you know, at some point I'm going to have to figure out a way to, to be consistently or consistent at execution. And I'm hoping that these things that I work on and practice that will, you know, give me. So, yeah. Um, Maybe maybe I can share something else with you. Let me look real quick if I have. Um, I really only pulled that one out. Let me see if there's something else that I could possibly share with you all. Um, there might have been a version of that Star Wars where I had actually it was a little more. Oh yeah, actually, this would be great. Since I'd shared with you the more action-oriented version, um, this will be great too because then I can probably discuss why I changed. Yeah, this would be really good. This actually cool. So this is um, a previous version of what I've, I read, and what'll be interesting is that the one I read uh, for you first was a little bit more in the structured uh screenplay format this one kind of is too but um yeah you'll, you'll notice how much different it is um than the previous one and i'll, I'll talk about that'll be great to talk about because uh, that'll be awesome so here we go star wars evolution exterior a vast sky day an unconscious body falls from the sky camera zooms in and tracks. It pans back to reveal the enormous height it is from the ground. A trail of energy dissipates from around the body. Voice over. The absence of hope leaves one lost. Exterior tribal settlement dusk. A crowd is gathered into a circle. There is commotion and noise as a young woman is dragged violently into the center. Tribal leader barks. Voiceover. Many experiences may prompt it to flee. A young man pushes through the crowd. He pleads for them to stop. Arms behind him grab and hold him back. The action slows through a crawl. The young man locks eyes with the young woman. Action seemingly beyond our control. He cries to her. She closes her eyes and a spirit of her moves out of her body and toward him. The spirit places a hand upon his cheek. She smiles, speaking to him. He cries. Voiceover continued. 
while some simply flow through their natural state. The tribal leader ignites a light dagger and plunges it through the young woman's heart. The crowd roars. The spirit of the young woman evaporates and her physical body slumps to the ground. Kama tracks up from the man as he tosses his head upward in anguish. anguish. Exterior force, morning. A robed figure travels through a lush forest. Voiceover, pain, suffering, loss. Exterior, vast field, afternoon. The robed figure walks onward. Ancient emotional energies traversing throughout the realms of space. Exterior, desolate desert, dusk. The robed figure drops to his knees. Pounding the ground, it shakes and quakes. The camera zooms into his robe. Despair and anguish unraveling hope and light, exposing our raw anger. Shucking wide the chasm of loneliness. Exterior space. The image of a distant world in space. An explosion moves through the planet. It blows apart. And even after all of that, within that void of darkness, there remains something of life. Exterior. The base junkyard. Early morning. Kalrumar and Nice run through a dirty junkyard. The noises of hounds echo in the background or behind them. They are stressed, fatigued, and shackled. Glowing disc encircles their throats. They pause momentarily. Cal produces two crude tools from his pocket. He uses them to work away quickly at the device around Nice's throat. The device dims and a click is heard. Then it falls away into her waiting hand. She places it into her pocket. Cal hands the tools to Nais. A shot rings out. They dive to the ground. The tools spill out of their her hands. Nais scrambles to find them. Rand jumps onto the dockway in front of a docking station with one lone boat-like vessel. The station travels out into the air over a vast chasm. Cal works at the controls. Moments later, a large hound appears from the entrance, sprinting full speed at Nais. Nice turns to Cal, stretches out her hand, and we see Nice, or we see Cal fly into the boat. Cal turns her, her yeah. Nice turns her gaze to the controls, and we see the level lever lever on the control panel slam downward, and the dock decouples from the vessel. The thrusts on the boat charge and fire. An electrically charged net screams toward Nice. Cal yells. Nice drops, sliding parallel to the ground. The net passes over her. She flips off the ground into a backward somersault, cruising smoothly right over the pursuing hound. Cal fires a bolt of energy from his hand straight onto the hounds. Straight into the hound's head. Its body careens in the bottomless pit. The vessel passes through the opening and it immediately closes. Nice walks to the edge and places her hand upon the force field. Cal screams. A group of six warriors appear on the dock. Nice turns around. The first warrior charges at her. She deftly sidesteps his attack and slams her elbow into his ribcage. The warrior topples over and his sword falls into Nice's hands. 
two more speed at her. She parries their attacks and unleashes a strong sidekick into the stomach of the attacker on the right and spins the butt of the sword into the groin on the next, next attacker. Second set of two advance in, furious that this woman has bested three of them. They unleash a barrage of slashes, Nais's fatigue and losing strength rapidly. Cal watches helplessly from the boat. He reaches out, trying to use his power, strain building on his face. Nais disarms the warrior of his club and barrels him into his stunned partner. They tumble to the ground, and just as she turns to face her last attacker, the hissing sound of an ignited lightsaber. She looks down at the red blade of light piercing into her torso. The warrior snorts. Nice smirks. She reaches into her pocket. The warrior laughs. Nice grabs his hand at the hilt of his lightsaber and pulls herself forward. The blade burrows deeper into her as she howls. She coughs blood and starts staring, and staring defiantly into his eyes. She spits into his face. Before he can react, she tosses the device into the air and it whirls to life. A pulse of energy shoots out. The warrior falls to the ground. His lightsaber disengages and ice crumbles. She looks out to the now distant vessel, a tear rolling down her cheek. Cal drops to his knees in anguish. Exterior, a vast sky. An unconscious body falls from the sky. A trail of energy dissipates from the body. It closes into the ground rapidly. The camera pans back and the body hits the ground with a thunderclap. A small explosion blasts forth and a plume of smoke and dust rushes out. Voice over. When you lose everything, when anxiety and terror paralyze you with fear, after the horrors of violence and brutality ra raise safe warmth, the stillness within that void fertilizes something new. As the dust billows away, a lone figure walks out from among the destruction. Something old and different. Something fractured and whole. Something weak and powerful. The figure moves closer. His robes are dirty and tattered. His beard peeks out from under his hood. There is, it is either neither alive nor dead. It is neither light nor dark. The figure pulls back the hood to reveal Cal. He is both. <laughs> Another one I haven't read for a very long time. Um, so yeah, written very, very differently. Um, when I initially uh, conceptualized this, this idea and this story, I kind of saw it as a film. And I still kind of see it as a film. And so when I was writing it, it was really kind of written as a short film. So that's why it's, it's a lot more descriptive. It's a lot more um, visual um, with the voiceover kind of telling us, you know, bits and bits, little bits of the exposition of the, um, of the story. But really, it was written more as a, a visual piece where there wasn't really need to be any talking, but it was really just a construction of, you know, trying to look at it from, because with film... And with the visual medium, it's you're trying to show as opposed to tell. And so I was trying to write something that really focused in on that showing. So that's why I didn't have really characters talking, because I really wanted to, to see if I could practice writing something that was really showing, that focused on that aspect of storytelling. So that's why this was 
written the way it was. And when I wanted to kind of get a little feedback and showcase it in a, in an acting workshop, I had to rewrite it because for the stage and for something, although that, you know, we could probably show this, it needed to be a little bit more uh, dynamic in the sense that the actors needed to be able to have something where they could, they could do, you know, that they could, they could um, connect with and engage because, you know, we could have acted this out, you know, and did all the things in that moment, but, you know, I couldn't have told the, the bookend parts, you know, I couldn't have told the body falling from the sky, you know? So I really just focused on the scene in the, in the junkyard where, you know, it was just the two characters, but, you know, they're having dialogue and they're kind of a little bit more animated and dynamic in, in that. So it's, it's interesting because it's the same story. It's the same scene. It's just written in a different way to, and, you know, I wonder too, like hearing it, if it had a different, um, you know, image in your mind as well, you know, hearing the different, uh, constructions on what images brought to your mind. And I'm sure that they were a little bit different, you know, especially to, again, adding more information on this construction as opposed to, to the one before. So, yeah, it's just, and again, it gave me a little bit of practice on writing for different mediums. You know, one was for the stage and one was for film. So, yeah, it's just, it's fascinating. It's, it's just been a fascinating journey. And now it's great too, because now rereading these two for you all, like I'm having images and I'm having ideas and want to go back and play with these uh, characters and with this world again, and hopefully start producing, you know, uh, a further story of what I initially conceived. So, yeah. Um, thank you so much for allowing me to share that. Um, I appreciate you listening and hopefully it was a little bit more, you know, a little bit more different, you know, it was a little bit more enjoyable chapter and episode for you. Um, so yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, appreciate you listening to, uh, my ramblings as always. <laughs> um, I'm glad I can share. And again, it, it's like a little diary as well for me to, you know, um, just being able to keep at it, but I think just more to like, just, just like a living journal, um, for myself to see what I've done, see where I've come, see where I'm going. And, um, great too, just to kind of outline my process and my experience. So you've been listening to Ruminations on Tony's Tall Tales, a production of Ruminations Radio Network. Please take this moment to subscribe, rate, and review my show. And I would love to connect with you all on social media at Tony's Tall Tales. Please visit ruminationsradionetwork.com for uh, additional great shows. Um, And for all your burning questions and passionate feedback, drop us a line at ruminationsradio at gmail.com. Till next time, be well and stay safe. Cheers. Cheers.